In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with your 259th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, What's the Best Advice for a Rookie GM? And we got the godfather, Gil Brent, to weigh in and former Tampa Bay GM, Mark Dominique, to weigh in on that. We're on a conference call with them yesterday. We're going to do a couple other things here today. We're going to move pretty quickly because a lot going on with the draft coming up eight days from today. The Falcons were at trade Lance's pro day. Why San Francisco moved up to three in the quarterbacks. Some people had them going one, two, three, four, and five at one point. And we're going to discuss some history here too. And we have to touch on the Falcons voting to opt out of the voluntary offseason programs, which were going to be curtailed anyway, but we'll get to that. We have the president of the NFL PA, J.C. Treader, uh, stopping by. We were on a call with him also yesterday. But without further ado, let's get to the advice for the rookie GM who wants to draft the best players available. But here's what the godfather, Gil Brent and Mark Dominic had to say about Falcons rookie GM Terry Fontenot and what he should do on April the 29th when the Falcons are on the board with the fourth overall pick. And we'll go next to the Orlando Yeah, I think the advice I'd give Terry 
is, you know, be decisive and be confident of what you're going to do, uh, meaning that to what Gil said, uh, have your pick ready at number four. And, don't, and, and at this point, you should probably have your mind made up. And then I uh, tell them to recheck the phone lines and check them again. And then one more time, because it would be really nice, I think, if they could get that opportunity, get that trade back call. I think I'd take advantage of it if I was Atlanta, but I don't want to move out of the top 12 and top 11 as far as I think I want to move back. Because to Gil's point, sometimes we get enamored with multiple picks. But when you move so far back, you get them all wrong, and, uh, and that's a bad first start. So to Terry, be sure of which one to it for. I think they already know that, but also make sure that phone line's working so you've got that chance to move back. And I think he's probably already setting the table, as we see through the media, and he's doing a good job of saying the Falcons pick, you know, our fielding call. That's a smart move by him. All right, that's the advice that they have for Falcons GM Terry Fontenot. Gil say, hey, either decide you want the quarterback or you want the tight end. Uh, Mark Dominic says, hey, be ready at four. Be ready at four. Keep checking your phone. If you need to go back and get picks, go back and get picks. But he says so many times that doesn't work out. Uh, and we can, all you got to do is look to the Cleveland Julio Jones trade. They got a bushel of picks, and none of those guys were in the league in three years. So, um Quantity over quality is the message, is the advice we have for Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot. Now, uh, the Falcons have scouted the quarterbacks. They've sent everybody out. I think conspicuously uh, absent from these trips is Anthony Robinson, who was kept as the director of college scouting. And the assistant college scouting director has been on the road at some of these trips. So, you know, sometimes uh, scouting departments, they, you know, they keep the scouts around through the draft and then there's a shakeup afterwards because they've been doing all the work for a year. So, um, you know, Charles London is out, was out there in Fargo, the quarterback's coach, new quarterback's coach. I got T.J. Yates, uh, Cobb County's finest, was out there passing, uh, passing game specialist. And Dewan Jones, the assistant college director, uh, it was out for Fargo to see Trey Lance. I was just watching the first pro day yesterday because they didn't have film of the second one other than uh, what the uh, NDSU put out. Uh, but one of the balls where he rolls to his left and um, and drops it on a dime, that one traveled six, 57 yards in the air uh, from the 16 to the 9. So, you know, 40, 57 yards in the air. Uh, that's a pretty good little heave there. So, um, so Trey Lance is the wild card here. You know, we, we, um, we're, we're going to finish our mock. So you can go over there and look at that, uh, mock 5.0. That'll be the last one before we get to the final. Uh, and so we'll send you over there for how we got the quarterbacks going down, but we'll stick with, um, our talk here with Gil Brandt and Mark Dominic. So, I mean, we've been saying for weeks, they didn't move up to number three to take Mac Jones. Nobody believes that. But, um, you know, the truth is getting ready to be um, be told with regards to that. So, Gil Bratt discusses, you know, why they went up to three. Work habits. What you were looking for in a quarterback. Work habits. They got to be able to read defenses. Love of the game. And uh, Mark Dominic talks about love of the game and measuring the heart. The six inches uh, from your heart to your backbone uh, is nothing they can do at the combine about that. 
So let's go to these guys here on uh, this issue of why San Francisco moved up to number three. The question everybody has and nobody has the answer. I talked to uh, several GMs who are in the know, uh, and uh, at least at least they think they're in the know. And I asked both of, the, both of them uh, why did San Francisco move up to three? Who is it for? Is it for the North Dakota State guy? Is it for the for the uh, quarterback from uh, uh, from uh, Alabama? Uh, or is it for the Ohio State quarterback? You know, uh, Kyle does a great job of, of coaching quarterbacks. I think Shanahan, uh, although he was a wide receiver, but like his father, does a great job of coaching and evaluating and seeing what a player has in the future. And I think maybe you see it if you're around him long enough and you see what kind of a work habit somebody has. I think that the key to being a really good quarterback, a special quarterback, is being having work habits like, like Peyton Manning had. I think that's the biggest thing. If you have work habits, you have a chance. If you don't, you're in trouble. And the second thing is if you can read defenses. You know, it's an art. Some people can read defenses really well. Others, you know, throw in the coverages all the time. And you wonder what, and, and you know, both of them have been coached the same way. They both been coached hard, uh, but some take to, to uh, the work habit part of it, and some just uh, just are kind of blase about it. Yeah, I think just real quick to add on to that, um, I agree with Bill. I mean, um, you know, being defensive processing is such a hard thing to evaluate at the college level just because everything's preset and predetermined. And it's just always been a difficult thing to see when it gets bigger, faster, stronger, quicker. Can the, can the guy make a quick decision and get the ball out of the hand? That, that's, I think, the reason why you see that lower hit ratio at quarterback even when you're talking top three is just because it's, and then it's love. You know, some of these kids have run out of love of the game. They've just been playing it for so long that they like it, but they don't love it. And um, and they work at it, but they don't know what really working it is, and it catches up to them. So I think the most important one I can sit say is I remember uh, fortunate enough to be in the locker room with Marty Schottenheimer after they win the Kansas Chiefs. He says the toughest thing to measure is six inches, and that's from your breastplate to your backbone where your heart is. And I think that's the best thing I can always say whenever you're evaluating, that is the hardest thing to evaluate. And when you've got that figured out, if you can get that figured out, you'll find a special player. So I think that's part of the reason. All right, from your breastplate to your backbone, that's where your heart is. That's the hardest thing to measure. That's why, uh, you know, the NFL misses on these quarterbacks every year, every year, every year. Uh, you know, we talked earlier about Zach Williamson and uh, maybe being the Mitch Trubisky of this year. Uh, we had the year, um, Baker Mayfield's year. You know, Josh Rosen's already been on two teams, not a league. He went 10th overall. Uh, Josh Allen looks like he was the keeper of that class. So, uh, going even back further to, you know, uh, Christian Ponder going 12 to Minnesota. Um, you know, so, I mean, I got the numbers on, uh, you know, since 17 on how many quarterbacks in the first round have made it. So, you got five here. Two are probably going to be good. One's going to be solid. I mean, nobody ever remembers Ken O'Brien. He was pretty decent. But, I mean, they picked him over Dan Marino. So, uh, you know, you got to get this right, man. And uh, 
Trevor Lawrence is a slam dunk. Zach Wilson, ah, um, you know, uh, he's not Trubisky, according to one of our executives, so, you know, he can play. But, uh, you know, Justin Fields, you know, they they talking about processing. Mac Jones is, you know, this great teammate and a game manager. They're all excited about that. Uh, and uh, one thing Dominic said uh, during the, the call was, Hey, you know, none of his teammates say a bad word about him. I go to Clemson, Ohio State, and uh, 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 Alabama, and uh, everybody from Alabama talks great about him. Kind of insinuating that the bad stuff on the streets from, or on fields is coming from Ohio State people or former players or former teammates. That might have been jealous because, I mean, you know, he came in there, uh, took over, transferred and took over you know guys don't you know that's that's kind of you know and, and they probably thought you know they real rolled out the red carpet for him like he was special and so yeah and then now they're talking stuff about him is uh you know what i'm you know you know read between the lines between dominic's statement but hey let's get on to some more quarterback talk here from uncle gill the godfather gave me a shout out he's born in milwaukee so he remembers me from my milwaukee days and uh, then sometimes we talk about um, Red River shootout history and Cousin Weldon running the ball all over Texas one day down there in the uh, Red River shootout. Uh, but, yeah, with me and Coach, me and uh, the Godfather go back away, so we always like to see each other and chat. So uh, good to get him. He's uh, healthy, 89, had uh, – about with the COVID, made it through, so we were very happy to be hearing from Gil here doing this uh, draft season. But here's audio number three from the Godfather on the quarterbacks. He said he had him one, two, three, four on his on his uh, on his board. One, two, three, four, five. And then Mark Dominic refers to, you know, the the draft 21 years ago was the Michael Vick, Drew Brees draft. And said that kind of changed how we looked at quarterbacks. You know, Vick from the athlete standpoint and Drew Brees from the six feet tall standpoint. You know, smaller quarterbacks, you're seeing both now throughout the league. Everybody doesn't have to be the 6'5 statue, drop back passer. Although the 6'5 statue drop back pass and run the Super Bowl last year. So, uh, you know, that's what he's referring to here uh, when he talks about Vic and the uh, and Drew Brees draft from a few years back. I think it's the 20th anniversary. It is about quarterbacks and why and why and why not. I I one time on my scratch pad here, I had five quarterbacks going one, two, three, four, five. Uh, because I think people move up a little bit to get them. Uh, I think that uh, all of a sudden a guy becomes hot, the BYU quarterback becomes hot, uh, because nobody realized he played with a bad shoulder the year before. And, and so this year, the guy throws 39 touchdown passes. He's got a lot of movement when he moves around. He throws the deep ball good. Uh, I, I just think that the quarterbacks, it's a field, and then the field becomes how hard they work to achieve where they want to go and how good the guy is that's coaching them. I think, I think we have a lot of people 
enough they spent about an hour with us a little bit over an hour with the national media and uh put a couple clips together for you all from that especially from my questions on getting some advice for the gm uh vic and uh breeze i mean i remember when vic was here you know and uh terrence moore was still with us at the uh, ajc and um, he was like he's just a little bit taller than me i'm 511 he's like this ain't gonna work and i was like well it's a couple ways. I've seen it, um, you know, in D.C. with Joe Gibbs, you know, they had the rolling pockets for Theismann, uh, you know, and they threw the, you know, shortened up the field a lot. But, heck, Art Monk and Charlie Brown from South Carolina State caught everything. Ricky Sanders, uh, you know, so, and, and Joe Gibbs on his Joe Gibbs show on Sunday morning because we used to watch it in the dorm. Uh, would, would draw up the uh, reverse rollouts, the moving pockets, uh, the trade counters. Um, it was all about power and misdirection that allowed the shorter quarterback to do it. Uh, Vic was same thing. They were able to move him on stretch plays and, and get him throwing lanes. Um, you know, in the playoffs, they jumped those lanes. So he could have, you know, uh, the Eagles did in that championship game. And then Drew Brees, they just set him back further. <laughs> but he remained accurate. That I mean, it was like, it was incredible sometimes. He would be like nine yards back, and you only taught like five and seven-yard drops. They were sitting five, and then he dropped four. And uh, it was, uh, you know, you could barely ever get to him. I know the Falcons were frustrated under Coach Smith and them about how uh, you got to him. So, but if anybody's keeping tabs on the off season, okay, me and Cunningham just think the players the players like working at home, so they don't want to come in. But uh, you know, they got we, we were on the call yesterday with the NFL PA, the president and executive director, trying to explain why the Falcons and other teams have voted to opt out of the off season. They said, hey, concussions went down thirty percent. Uh, Missed time injuries, 23%. And then, hey, there's still COVID concerns out here. And the vaccine hasn't been mandated. And they're not going to mandate it. So the safest place for the players in the offseason is wherever they're at, wherever they feel comfortable at. Uh, and, and so they're, they're advising players that, hey, you know, there's no rules. Or, you know, this is what it looks like if you go in. Um, this is what it looks like if you don't go in. Uh, and uh, you make your own decision. Is, you know how they how they uh, fashioned it. So I was like, hey, the Falcon statement was so wishy washy. I'm like, why even bother? They're like, hey, we took a vote. It wasn't unanimous. 
but we're opting out of the vol. Some of us are opting out of the voluntary program. So, so, but uh, so I asked the president about that that statement. I was like, how, what are y'all doing here? What's this, you know, why even bother with this statement that, hey, we might come in, we might not come in. Uh, but, you know, that's how they wanted to do it. And then I was like, hey, but what about your membership? You know, half of these guys are trying to stick in the league and they got a new coach. They want to come in and press the new coach. And then JC, he's got some good comments on that. Uh, so let me let you get this, is, uh, get my question out to the president on uh, the NFL opt-out, the Falcons uh, statement, and the, um, you know, why, you know, they, you know, how's it going to, how are they going to press their new coach if they don't come to, come to uh, OTAs? Uh, said it was 79,000 new cases uh, this last month, 
a rolling average of 70, and this time last year it was 30,000. So people are still kind of acting like they want it to be over with, but it's not over. And uh, players um, are uh, keeping track of it and feel it's best to have another virtual offseason because of the reduction of injuries, the coronavirus pandemic, and, uh, you know, the reduction in concussions. So, of course, the coaches are outraged. But I can't get to Arthur Smith just yet. Uh, he's earlier said, you know, some politically correct stuff about uh, contingency plans in 2011. And, you know, uh, he's got a schedule, but he's ready to go whenever. But I'm uh, if you're a new coach, you want to get started. You want to get moving along uh, and uh, doing it on, you know, Zoom is not you know, ideal, I would think, from a coach standpoint. So, but we haven't heard from Will. Um, we'll hear from Arthur and Coach and uh, the GM next week uh, in the pre-draft press conference where they'll try not to tell us anything, but we'll, we'll um, you know, keep hammering them away. Hopefully they won't have their own people in there that are paid by the team to take part in the media press conference. So, um, lastly, before we get out of here, Position by position series. We're wrapping it up. The uh, tenth article was out yesterday on the linebackers. We're just down to the cornerbacks and the safeties. The uh, cornerbacks, you know, that's Sertan and J.C. Horn, Asante Samuel, uh, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. You know, then you got your Georgia boys, um, Stokes and Tyson Campbell. Where are they gonna go? And then the safeties, man, it's an eclectic group of safeties. I was working on them some yesterday. We got the kid, uh, Trayvon Mooring, out of uh, TCU. Uh, we got a kid out of Oregon. It's a, uh, we got Wiggins out of Cincinnati. He's not in the top ten, but he's going to be in the best of the rest. So uh, it's going to be a uh, good group. And then we've got a draft page. So you can go, I'm going to tweet that out again today, one-stop shopping. You know, been doing, uh, thanks to Jason Butt, who's been a great help during the pre-draft run-up here. Uh, Jason's been uh, helping with our coverage of the NFL and the NFL draft, you know, since, uh, you know, all season with the Falcons. And um, it's going to be, uh, we might have an announcement later uh, about his future plans. But uh, just want to say thanks to Jason for his great help. We covered a lot more ground this year. Uh, that we've been able to with, um, you know, by myself. So, and I know that uh, I like that I didn't have to do all 12 other position by position stories this year. So that was, uh, that was also a great one. Uh, we're going to get on out of here from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, 259th episode. What's the best advice? For a rookie GM, we had the Godfather Gil Brandt and Mark Dominic stop by to give some advice to Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot, who we'll be talking to next week, and he'll be trying not to tell us much of anything, but we'll get what we can out of the rookie GM and the rookie coach as they uh, get ready for their first draft next Thursday through Saturday. So with that, we're going to get on out of here. You can follow us on Twitter at DOrlandoAJC or on Facebook at Atlanta Falcons News Now. Take care and have a great rest of your week.
Music by DJ Magic. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.